We want to welcome you all. I know we have a lot of visitors with us this morning that we are very thankful for. And we have some folks with us who I haven't seen in a very long time, so welcome to you guys. It is so great to have you guys here this morning. Um, but anyway, we're just very thankful this morning. There's a lot of exciting things going on right now, um, and I know there's a lot of other places you could be, so I'm just thankful that you decided to be here with us this morning. For those of you who may not know, uh, my name is Aaron Stevens. I am the youth minister here at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ, and every once in a while I convince Ed to take a day off and let me come up here and share a message with you, and I'll be doing that with you this morning. I know everybody is wondering what this is for, and some of you who saw the Facebook posts, I put out some kind of teaser trailer type things this week, um, talking about the fact that we were going to be using ping pong balls this morning. So for those of you who were with us about two months ago, um, I did a very similar object lesson, only it was using stones, and I decided maybe that wasn't the smartest thing to do, because if y'all didn't like the sermon, you were going to throw rocks at me, and I, so I thought ping pong balls would be a little bit safer, and I'll be using these to make sure the youth groups stay awake during the sermon. If not, I'll be throwing them at them. But actually, that's not what they're here for. But I'll explain that a little bit later on. Um, when we get to the end of the sermon, I have kind of a little object lesson that I want to add in that's hopefully going to bring home the point here today. So today we're going to be talking about being a lukewarm Christian. Now, there's a lot of things in the Bible that can sort of be left up to, let's call it interpretation. Or maybe there's some things that are up for debate in the Bible, so to speak where maybe you read it one way and I read it another way, or one person reads it this way, one person reads it that way. In the passage that Carter read for us just a few minutes ago, I think it was pretty clear. It's pretty clear, right? He comes right out and tells us that if we are lukewarm, he will spit us out of his mouth. So if you look at it and you understand it, there really is no such thing as a lukewarm Christian. Am I right? Is that the way you guys read it? Because that's the way I read it. Pretty clear. If God was going to spit us out of his mouth, that doesn't sound like a Christian to me. So what we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about this morning is the fact that there are some areas that we may be lukewarm in. And these are not by, by any stretch of the imagination all of the areas that we could be lukewarm in. But we're going to talk about some examples from the Bible of some areas in our lives that maybe we have not been on fire for the Lord like we should. This isn't to call anybody out. This isn't to point any fingers. It's just to give you guys some food for thought and some things to think about. Because, see, we're coming up to the end of the year. And what a lot of people do when they come up to the end of the year is they make resolutions, right? They say things like, I'm going to eat better. I make that every year. Hasn't worked yet, but I keep saying it every year. I'm going to exercise more. Yeah, I'm not doing great on that one, obviously, either. But I'm working on it. Um, but there's, we, we come to this point of the year and we start reflecting back on the past year. And then we start looking ahead to next year and what next year is going to look like. So I think this is the perfect time to take a look at where we're at on the thermometer. Are we on fire for the Lord or have we kind of fallen away? Maybe we were on fire at one time and maybe we're not because this is kind of one of those fluid scales, right? You're going to go through times in your life where you feel super close to God and you feel super connected to God and you are just on fire and you can't wait to tell every single person that you see all about Jesus, and then maybe there's other times where things aren't going your way or things have gotten difficult and we kind of slide down that scale to maybe lukewarm where, yeah, I, I still believe there is a God, but I just don't really feel connected right now and I'm not sharing that with other people. So that's what we're going to kind of take a look at today. And we're going to look at four kind of major areas where we find ourselves being lukewarm. And again, these are not by any stretch of the imagination all of the areas, but just a few areas that I want to take a look at with you this morning. And that first area, that's just our scripture that Carter read. I don't think there's any need to reread that. He did a great job. Um, we're going to talk about our prayer life 
And Brandon could not have picked two better songs to lead into the sermon than what he did. How great is our God, and I love to be in your presence. So I'm going to share this scripture with you real quick, and then we're going to talk through this and unpack this just a little bit. If you want to turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, if you'd like to follow along your Bible, otherwise it's going to be right here on the screen for you as well. So in the Gospel of Matthew, we read, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues or on the street corners or to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So this is just one example of prayer in the Bible, and there are hundreds of passages on prayer. This is one of the ones I tend to like because I feel like sometimes we find ourselves in this pattern of praying because we have to, praying because it looks good, praying because we know we should just for the sake of, I know I need to pray before I go to bed at night. I know I need to pray when I wake up in the morning. I know I need to pray before my meal. And those things are all good and true. But have we lost the reason that we pray? We worship an amazing God. Absolutely, positively, beyond a shadow of a doubt, amazing. We worship a God who created the world by simply speaking it into existence. Now, I don't know about you, but that's one of those concepts that I have a hard time with. Not that I have any doubt that he did that, but how he did it. And I spend way too much time thinking about how in the world did he do that? But we're not necessarily meant to understand that. But what we do need to understand is this amazing God who created the universe wants to have a relationship with us. He loves us so much and he wants to have a relationship with us. I like what, uh, what Ron said earlier when he said that we don't need, he doesn't need us, he loves us and we need him. Right? He already knows what you're thinking because God knows everything. He knows what's in your heart. He knows what's on your mind, but he wants to have that relationship with you, which is why the Bible teaches us that we should pray without ceasing. It doesn't say we should pray once in a while. It doesn't say, well, we should pray for our meals. Not that we shouldn't. It doesn't say pray when you feel like it. It says that we should pray without ceasing. And I feel like sometimes, and me included, I do a great job of that, and other times I don't. And sometimes I feel really close to, to God, and I feel, as we just sang, I feel like I'm in his presence, and sometimes I don't. But when I don't, what I find out is it's because of me. God doesn't go anywhere. We may feel like it sometimes. We may feel like he's not there, he's not close to us. God doesn't go anywhere. He's still right there. So what I find is when I don't feel like I'm connected to God is because I'm not spending enough time in the word. I'm not spending enough time in prayer because it's not God. He loves us and he wants to have that relationship with us. And it's funny how over the course of your walk, your walk with the Lord, this concept kind of changes, right? When you're young, your parents kind of teach you a prayer at night. I can still tell you the prayer that my parents taught me when I was a kid that I said before bed, and I said the same thing every night. And I can still remember the prayer they taught me how to pray for meals. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great starting point. But it's funny, as you get older, how that tends to change. To the point that now, some of you might be shocked to hear the way I talk to God. Because sometimes I'm like, really God? Really? But because I feel like I have that relationship with them. 
And there's a time and a place for formal prayers. And then I think there's just that time that we should be checking in with God throughout the day. When something good happens, thanks God, I know that was you. When something bad happens, God, give me the strength to get through this. And again, prayer is just one of those individual things. And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today is individual things. It's between you and our amazing God that we serve. So we shouldn't be lukewarm about that. We should be excited about that. We should be on fire that we can talk to the creator of the universe. So I want you to keep that in mind as we move along, and then we're going to bring this all together a little bit later on. All right, this is a good one. Going to church on Sundays. You're all here, so we're already ahead of the curve on this one, right? We're already ahead of the curve on this one. I was shocked to find out, we've been working through um, this guest relations uh, concept with, with John Reed from uh, Hilltop. And he's been, Alicia and I have been meeting with him on a weekly basis to go through what they call coaching sessions as we work to become a more welcoming church and we work on our guest experience. I was shocked to hear him say that people that go to church twice a month consider themselves members of the church. Now, again, I'm not stepping on any toes. Sometimes there are reasons that we miss church, and that, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, to, to point any fingers or say that you need to be here every single Sunday, but I was shocked to hear that twice a month on average makes, it, makes a member of the church. I don't know, is anybody else shocked to hear that? As shocked as I was anyway? I guess that's, you know, I grew up Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and you didn't miss no matter what. And if you missed church, you didn't do anything else that day. Because if you were too sick to go to church, you were too sick to be out of bed. And again, things are a little bit different now. And again, there are reasons that we miss church when we're traveling or we have to be away and there's things like that. And we'll get into that a little bit further. But I want to just remind you of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25, if you want to join me in the scripture. And it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So again, what we got to think about is the why. Like we talked about with prayer. Why is because the Lord wants to have a relationship with us. But let's talk about that. Why do we come to church on Sunday mornings? Are we checking a box? Are we saying, well, check the box. I went to church. Check the box. I said my prayers this morning. Because God doesn't want us to just check the boxes. We should want to be in his presence, as the song said. We should want to be right here on Sunday mornings because this is where we can encourage one another. This is where we can be fed, right? So that's why we come to church. We come to church to take communion, to spend time with one another, to lift up our voices to the Lord. And it shouldn't be something we do begrudgingly. Oh, man, I have to go to church this morning. It should be something that we wake up on Sunday mornings and say, I get to go to church because I get to see my church family. I get to see my brothers and sisters every Sunday morning to encourage them, right? And again, are there reasons that we don't make it to church? Of course there are. I'm not saying that they're not. And I actually heard something really cool recently, and I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. But when they miss church on Sunday mornings, when they have to be away for things, they have their own little devotionals, and they invite other people to join in. So it's almost like an outreach. And I thought that was so super cool that when they had to be away, they were still doing devotionals and inviting other people to join them. And they probably gained more from that than they would have been here, which is fantastic. That's what it's all about. We should be so on fire that if we can't be here, we're still doing something. 
reading our Bibles, reading a devotional. We have live stream now. You can even almost be at church without being at church. I'm not saying don't come to church. (laughs) But what I am saying is you can still get the word even when you can't be here. And we almost all have cell phones now, right? And our cell phones have internet. So you can literally not only take your Bible everywhere you go, but you can have the live stream. You can listen to devotionals. You can hear preachers. You can see our live stream. So again, when we're lukewarm and we're saying, "Ah, do I want to go to church this morning or is there a good football game on? And yes, I am a huge football fan. Thank goodness for DVR. But what I'm saying is we shouldn't be a conversation we're having with ourselves in the morning of, do I go or do I stay home? Do I really want to go to church? I can check the box, but do I really want to go or do I want to sleep in? Or do I want to go have coffee? We got lots of coffee here. You can always come here and have coffee. But my point is, guys, we shouldn't be lukewarm about getting to come here and assemble with the saints. We should be excited to come to church. We shouldn't be upset when church runs 15 minutes over. Man, it's going to be 15 more minutes till I get to the restaurant. That place is going to be packed. That's not where our minds should be on Sunday mornings. We have no problem sitting through a two and a half hour movie. Nobody complains about that. We have no problem sitting through a three hour football game. Right? That's no big deal. But why is it when we run 15 minutes late on Sunday mornings, without fail, we get complaints? We didn't get out of church on time. That was too long. I didn't want to sit in the pew that long. I was hungry. I'm always hungry, so that always comes to mind. But my point is, guys, if we are truly on fire for God, we want to be here on Sunday mornings when we can be, and we're not complaining if it goes 15 minutes over. You know, there are places in the world where people walk miles and miles and miles and miles to get to church on Sunday morning, and do you know how long that church service lasts? It lasts from sunup until sundown. You guys ready to try that? I mean, I can keep going until 4.30 or 5 or whenever it gets dark. Just kidding. But my point is, guys, we need to be on fire. This is where we want to be. And I'm so thankful that you guys are all here this morning. And that you didn't say, I don't want to hear him, so I'm going to take this Sunday off. (laughs) All right. Moving on to worship. I want to talk a little bit about worship. Now, I'm going to give an example, and we're going to talk a little bit about how we worship on Sunday mornings during our song service. But what I want you guys to remember is that worship isn't just our song service. We worship God in lots and lots and lots of ways. We could do a whole lesson on different ways that we worship God because we worship God through our time. We worship God through our energy. We worship God through our singing. We worship God through our giving. We could do a whole sermon on that too, but I'm not gonna do that to you because I know people get upset when we talk about giving. But let's turn to the word real quick in John chapter four, verse 23. John 4, 23 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. I love that. The true worshipers. Right? When we come in on Sunday mornings and we sing, because again, I want to use that as our example this morning. When we come in on Sunday mornings and we sing, how do we sing? Now, in my case, not well is the answer to that question, because unfortunately, the Lord did not bless me with a singing voice. I, can't, I had throat surgery about 15 years ago, and ever since then, I can't 
Can't carry a tune in a bucket, as they say. But I try because I want to lift my voice up to the Lord. Because that's what the Bible tells me to do. It tells me to worship in spirit and in truth. The spirit part I got. The singing voice, not so much. But how do we worship? Do we look at people when they raise their hands during worship and say, now that person's more spiritual? Or if somebody's clapping, that person's more spiritual. That person's closer to God than I am. No. There is no right or no wrong way to worship. It's all about our attitude. Where is our attitude at? Is it, uh, how many more songs till we're done? Is it, oh, that's not my favorite song. I don't like that song, so I'm not going to sing it. Why are we singing all old songs this Sunday? Why are we singing all new songs this Sunday? You'd be surprised how many complaints we get about that, too. But anyway, my point is, we should worship the Father with everything that we have. Everything that we have. When we go to a sporting event, what do we do? We jump up and down. We hoot and holler. We throw our hands in the air. I'm the same way. Again, guilty, right? Guilty. But we have no problem showing our enthusiasm for our favorite team. And boy, we will get up in each other's faces and argue about our teams. Who's better? Who's worse? And we're super animated, right? And we're super into it. And we can't wait to go to that football game or that baseball game or that soccer game or whatever the case may be. But then we come to church like it's a funeral service. And we sit in our favorite pew every Sunday. And we have our hands folded in our laps. And we hum along to the words or we watch the words go by. How do you think that makes God feel? Our worship service is what, 10.30 to 11.45-ish? Let's call it an hour and 15 minutes, not including Bible study beforehand. If we can't give him our all for an hour and 15 minutes to the one who created us, to the one who loves us, to the one who sent his son to the cross for us, then what are we doing? What are we doing? He sent his son to die for a world where many of which didn't even believe in him. And we can't give him an hour and 15 minutes of our time out of a week. We give 40 hours to our jobs. We give 10 or 15 hours to our sports teams. We give, I don't even know how much time to TV and internet. Guilty. But we can't give an hour and 15 minutes to worship our Father and be present and be in his presence, hour and 15 minutes. It's not a lot of time, guys. But for some reason, we struggle with really coming in and giving it our all. And again, I'm not saying you got to raise your hands. I'm not saying you got to clap or stomp your feet or bang on the pew, stand up, sit down, spin around. I don't care how you do it. But he wants our best. And he deserves our best. What would happen in your relationships with your husband, your wife, your kids if you gave 50%? They say marriage is 50-50. Whoever said that was never married. Marriage is 100-100, right? 50-50 doesn't get you anywhere. 50-50 might meet you in the middle, but it doesn't get anywhere. But let's think about that just for a second. 
What would happen if you go to work tomorrow and you give 50%? Lukewarm. You don't do a terrible job. Don't go above and beyond. Just give 50%. How long do you think you would have that job? Probably not very long. To my athletes, Kennedy, you go to, your, uh, you go to soccer and you give 50%. So you're not really running. You're just kind of wandering around the field. Yeah, you play the ball if it comes to you, but you're making no effort to go to the ball. How do you think your coach is going to feel? Not good. And we wouldn't think of doing that, would we? If you're dedicated to a sports team, you wouldn't think of giving 50%. If you have a job, you wouldn't think of going in and saying, you're not going to go in and say, I think I'll give 50% effort today. I'm going to work four of my eight hours. The other four, I'm on Facebook or, you know, whatever, hanging out, sleeping with my eyes open. But think about that. If you gave 50% anywhere else, it's unacceptable. But we feel like we can come in on Sunday mornings and get 50%, and that's okay. Pretty tired this morning, so I'm just going to sleep through church or rest my eyes. I know when I was growing up, if you'd have pulled that out, I got a songbook to the back of the head from my mom, so that didn't, that didn't work for me. Things are a little different today. I know you, nowadays somebody would call CPS on that person, but I know when I was growing up, I'd get a flick in the ear or a songbook to the head. Maybe that, that might explain a lot, maybe too many hits in the head, I don't know. But again, the bottom line is when it comes to worship, whether it's singing, giving, whatever the case may be, he deserves our best, not whatever's left over. He didn't give us what was left over. He gave us his son. The most important thing that he had, he gave to us. And he deserves more than 50%. All right, service to others is the last area that we're going to look at this morning. And again, these are not by any means all of the areas that we could be lukewarm. But if you would, go ahead and turn in your Bibles or on your Bible app, or whatever you're using, to 1 Peter 4, verse 10. 1 Peter 4, 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. As we talked about earlier, we all have our gifts, right? My gift is definitely not singing. Brandon has the gift of singing. Amanda has the gift of singing. I've heard her sing not only here, but in her musical performances outside of church, and she's amazing. And I look at people like that, and I go, why couldn't I just gotten like a tenth of that? And I'd be okay. But I didn't, and that's okay. You know, Alicia and I both work full-time in the office, and she's really good at some things that I'm not so good at, and vice versa. But the Bible teaches us to serve. Jesus teaches us to serve. We are supposed to model our lives after who? Who do we model our lives after? Jesus, right? Christ. We model our lives after Christ. And what did he spend all of his time on earth doing? Serving others. He didn't serve himself. He was the son of God. Yet he came down to earth and humbled himself and served others. He even washed the apostles' feet. I don't know about you. I'm in no hurry to wash anyone's feet. But that just tells me that the sacrifice that he made for us was so amazing. But he served. 
Do we serve? We come in here on Sunday mornings and we check the box. And maybe once in a great while we'll go and, and help out in Comfort Cafe and we check the box. And I'm not talking about people who serve every day in Comfort Cafe because we love you and we appreciate you. But what's our motivation? If our motivation is to be more like Jesus, then we should be finding a way to serve him every day. Every day. What does that look like? I don't know. Because it's different for every person. Because God puts people in your life that need your help, whether you realize it or not. And I'm not just talking about giving a dollar to somebody on the street, not that there's anything wrong with that. But he puts people in your life that need your help. And if you have a servant's heart and a servant's attitude, then you're going to look for those people. You're going to seek out those people and find a way to help them. And maybe it's not monetary. Maybe it's simply a kind word. Maybe it's a prayer. Because even if you don't have money to give, you've got something even more important. And that's the love of Christ. And that's something we talk about a lot with our youth group. Because with a lot of the kids in our youth group, they're kind of at that age and at that phase where they don't necessarily feel comfortable getting up in front of somebody and giving a devotional or teaching a class or preaching a sermon. Although I'm convinced Danny could do it after listening to him talk at his graduation. But the th here's the thing, guys. You don't have to. There's lots of ways to show Jesus. Some of the things I tell my kids all the time, ways they can show Jesus to others, be the Bible. And what I mean by that is don't be involved in those conversations you shouldn't be involved in. Don't use language that doesn't glorify God. Be kind to other people. Hold the door for someone. If you're good in math, help somebody who's not good in math with their homework. If you see a kid sitting alone in their, at the lunchroom, go sit with them. You don't have to preach to others. You don't have to teach others. You don't have to quote scripture to others. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus didn't stand on the street corner preaching scripture. He told stories. He gave people hope. He served others. People tell me all the time, I don't share my faith because I don't know the scripture well enough. You don't have to. Walking up to somebody and quoting scripture, not very powerful. Walking up to somebody and quoting scripture does one thing. It makes them feel bad and it makes them feel dumb and it makes them feel like they don't belong. But walking up to someone and offering them help Walking up to someone and telling them what Jesus has done in your life, now that's powerful. That is way more powerful than quoting scripture to someone, especially someone that doesn't know the scripture because that just makes them feel bad. And yes, I'm giving you examples of some of the things that I share with my youth group, but take those things to your job. It's the same thing. Somebody's struggling to understand how to do their reports. Help them out. Someone needs somebody to talk to. Help them out. Somebody's having a bad day. Hey, can I pray for you? Does it work every time? Of course not. It doesn't work every time. But everybody needs Jesus. Everybody. 
When we get a new iPhone, what's the first thing we do? We tell everybody, hey, I got the iPhone X. When we get a new Fortnite skin, what do we do? We tell everybody, oh, I got the new Fortnite skin. Did you get it yet? We are so excited to share the things that we have until it comes to Jesus, which is the greatest gift that we could ever receive. This Christmas, your news feeds, your social media will be flooded with people taking pictures of all the cool stuff that they got. Their new drones, their new phones, their new laptops, their new PS4s. Why are we not the same way when it comes to telling people about Jesus? Because I certainly hope that as Christians, we are more excited about Jesus than we are our new phones. I hope so. Because if you're on fire for Jesus, you want everybody else to be just as on fire as you are. And again, I'm not pointing fingers because there's been times in my life where I probably wasn't as on fire as I need to be. These lessons are just as powerful for me as they are for anybody in this room. As I spend time meditating on these and reading scripture on these and thinking about these and talking through these things, they're just as powerful for me as they are for anybody else. But are we really serving others? And what that looks like for you is going to be different than what that looks like for me. And what it looks like for Jason is going to be different than what it looks like for Glenn. And that's okay because that's what makes it work. There are so many areas that you can get plugged into right here in our very own church if you truly want to serve. I got a whole list of them. Because there's only two full-time employees in this church, so there's lots of stuff that needs to get done. But Jesus teaches us to serve. We love him and we love our church. So I urge you to find that way to serve, to serve others. Whether it's in here or out of here. Whether it's at your work, at your sports teams, find ways to bless other people. Find ways to share Jesus with other people through serving them. And again, maybe it's a little thing. Maybe it's giving somebody a bottle of water on a hot day. I don't know. Maybe it's giving somebody a blanket on a cold day. I don't know what that looks like because God does funny things like that. Puts people in places and we most of the time walk right by and turn our heads or go to the other side of the street. But let's find ways to be on fire when it comes to serving other people. All right, so here's the part you've all been waiting for. What is this? Anybody want to take a guess? A container? Yes, very good, Joseph. It's a container. All right, so here's what I want to show you guys this morning because I think that visuals are really important because not everybody learns through hearing. Some people learn through seeing. So here's what I want to talk about. This is us. Okay? This is us, this container. It's clear, right? You can see through it. Okay? And this, these ping pong balls are all the junk in our lives. These are our addictions. These are the things that we shouldn't be doing. These are the things we continue to do, but we know better. So what happens if we don't put anything else into our lives? This is you, right? This is us. This is us without Jesus. It's just a bunch of ping pong balls, 60 of them to be exact. Actually, 58 now. But this is us without Jesus. This is us when we're cold. We're not even lukewarm because this is consuming us. This is filling us up 
with all the junk. Our sins, our addictions, whatever it may be, this is all the junk in our lives. So how do we get rid of the junk? How do we go from being cold to not being cold anymore? Anybody want to take a guess on what this is? This is the water, right? This is the living water, right? This is, this is reading our Bibles. This is praying for the right reasons. This is worshiping for the right reasons. This is what happens when you start pouring in Jesus. Pour just a little bit, what happens? Not much. So I checked the box. I went to church on Sunday. I said my prayer before my meal. But nothing really happened. It's a little juicier on Sundays, right? Because now there's a little water in there. But really, not much changes. But, but I put some in. Why didn't anything change? So what happens when we get a little bit more intentional and we get a little bit more consistent and we're doing things for the right reasons? So what happens when we get a little bit more intentional? Now what do we have? Now we're lukewarm, right? Because down here, way down here somewhere, is Jesus, right? He's down here. But see, we're keeping him down here because I don't want to share him with others. I'm not ready to tell people about him yet. I'm not ready to fully commit to him yet. So Jesus is down here. But what do people see? What do you see way in the back? Do you see the water? This is what people see. This is lukewarm, right? There's the good stuff's down here. It's down here because you've started down that path. It's down here somewhere. But all of this junk is still on top, and this is still what others see is this. So what do we do? What do we do when it's not working? When we're not seeing enough Jesus? When the bad stuff is still outweighing the good stuff? What do we do? We got to keep doing it, right? We got to keep pouring it in. We got to read our Bibles more. We got to pray more. We got to serve more. I really need bigger pictures. <laughs> but again, to go from lukewarm to hot, we got to keep doing it. Consistency is the key. Keep doing it. Keep pouring Jesus in. <laughs> so here's the thing. Now that we've filled ourselves up with Jesus, where's all the bad stuff? It's on the surface, right? Why is it only on the surface? Because we are so full of Jesus, there's no room for all the other junk. So what happens when that stuff tries to go back in? 
right? It can't get in. It just comes out or stays on the surface because it can't penetrate the good stuff. But see, that's where we have to go from cold, past lukewarm, to being on fire. Because once we're on fire, that stuff cannot penetrate us, right? It's still going to come at us, right? Right? Those bad habits are still going to be there. Those people in our lives that shouldn't be are going to find their way of coming back around, right? They're going to show up again. They always do. But they can't penetrate the surface because we are so full of Jesus. We are so on fire for him that all that junk can't get in. It can only break the surface. So what do we do? God deserves our best, amen? So what I want us to do as we, as we approach the new year, as we get ready to make our resolutions, is I want us to resolve to give God our best every single day. Give him your best. He deserves it. We take our cues from the apostles, right? Were the apostles on fire for Jesus? Were the apostles on fire for Jesus? Yeah, I think we would all agree, right? The apostles were on fire. And they were just simple people like you and I. And younger than most of the people in this room, to be honest with you. But he still used them in an amazing way. And when they saw what he could do, just like we see what, we, what he can do through the Bible, they were truly on fire for Jesus. Anything worth doing is worth doing right, amen? So let's make our worship to him. Let's make our prayer time to him worthwhile. There's no such thing as a lukewarm Christian. So I want to urge you not to be lukewarm. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day for this opportunity we have to come together and just to talk about being lukewarm because we know, based on Scripture, that you do not want us to be lukewarm. Heavenly Father, just help us to get closer to you. Help us to ignite or maybe reignite that passion within us for you that we can truly be on fire for you so that when those things come our way, we'll be able to block those things out and keep those things from creeping back into our lives, from penetrating us. We want to just be on fire for you every single day and place that on our hearts, Heavenly Father, if you haven't already. Thank you so much for all that you do for us. Thank you for being the amazing God that you are. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. In just a moment, Brandon's gonna come up and lead us in another song. And if you need to talk to someone, if you need to pray with someone, maybe you haven't been on fire and you want to be, please feel free to come forward during this time. We'll be happy to pray with you and for you to help you get back to where you'd like to be. Or maybe if you've never been baptized and you want to take that next step and truly be on fire for the Lord, the baptistry is ready, it's hot, it's nice and warm on this cold day, but we're here to help you do that, to be baptized for the remission of sins. So if we can help you, if we can do anything for you, if we can pray for you in any way, please feel free to come forward as we stand together and sing. I'll never be the same